0: The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash LOL. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati LOL. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. All right. Good evening, everybody. Um, I'm coming to you at about quarter after 4 on Monday afternoon, February 5th, we just finished up with the LEC series, which I did not get to watch because, as I mentioned on the Patreon, I just completely forgot there were games today. That is why I didn't talk about it on the podcast yesterday either. Spoiler alert if you're going backwards. Um, this is only like, I don't know, This probably I think this is the third time I've ever just straight up missed a slate in ever since I've been doing content. I've been doing it for, this is going on 10 years now. My apologies. It happens. I was traveling this weekend. I had the the way I usually based everything on the Leaguepedia schedule. And if something's funky, I double check the official schedule and just straight up um the way they have it laid out on there, they separate it by rounds, not by day. I just brain farted, didn't open the second tab. I know that that's that's how they do this. And I've you know, the last time I missed something, that's exactly how I missed it too. It happens. I apologize. Um, I still have um, line histories and everything for it. I was able to. I was able to scrape that out before. But um, yeah, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Apologies for that. Anyway, I said yesterday that I was going to be doing a longer form recap on the weekend's games today, and that's the plan. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna just briefly cover the LCS because I think in general we, we we've still only seen seven individual games from each of these teams. And we're starting to see a little bit of calcification in who might be what. But it gets thrown completely off by just weird stuff like we saw. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'll just cut right to it. Like the, the thing we saw this weekend that was bizarre as anything was just a weird, weird, bad weekend from Cloud9. Um, I don't really know what to say. They had a really fluky, weird draft loss against Shopify on Sunday last week. And, you yeah, know, I, I didn't really pay any mind to it. I think most people didn't because they were like, oh, they just, they got too cute with the vein mid and that was whatever. This week, they just straight up played bad. Like, I don't think it was, I really don't think it was all draft. I, I know a lot of people are pointing to Lucian. It's like, oh, Lucian never wins. Oh, Lucian doesn't this, Lucian doesn't that. First of all, Lucian has like a 56% win rate. So don't say Lucian doesn't win. Um, But there is like some kind of. There is execution to it, but like Cloud9 have shown the ability to do that already this season. A lot of teams have. Most of the good teams have. So it's not that. Honestly, like if I had to point to one it wasn't just one player, but I think a lot of the problems stemmed from one player, and I never in a million years thought I'd be saying this, but Berserker just straight up turned into Karzi this week. Like I don't know what happened, but he just started doing like level two and level three. Burger flip plays, like just coin flipping, like straight up, straight up at Akarzee's playbook, just flipping a 2v2, praying he won it. it. Didn't even look like he was on the same page with Vulcan for most of these, and it put Cloud9 behind in a lot of these games. You know, I, I still think Berserker's probably the best player in the LCS, like not by margin, but he's pretty clearly the best player individually to me anyway. But he had a really, really bad weekend this weekend, and I think. You know, the rest of Cloud9 weren't able to overcome that and, you know, pull out any of these wins. I'll admit they played against what looked like the three other top half teams this weekend. But for a team that was so clearly stomping everybody, was so clearly better than everybody else. I, something's going on here behind the scenes, I think. Like, bad weeks happen. They happen to good teams. Bad ha- bad thing. Bad games and series happen to good players there's a good chance that that's all this was. It was just, maybe it was just a bad week of practice. Maybe somebody's sick or something. I don't know, but you know, anybody can have a bad week, but this, like just the way it was bad was downright bizarre. So like, you know, my my instinct, my, my first instinct is regression. Like, uh, you know, I'm a trader. I've, you know, I do, I do sports betting, all this kind of stuff. Like my, my gut instinct tells me that they're going to write the ship next week, but The way this went down definitely weirded me out a little bit, and I'm going to be really cautious about Cloud9. Obviously, I got smoked in the LCS this weekend because I was betting Cloud9 kill spreads in all the matches, and uh, let me tell you how that went. Not good. Um, Everybody else, uh, I know that was the story this weekend, and it's been talked to death, I'm sure, but I mean, I guess we're going to have to find out. On the plus side, FlyQuest looked really, really good this weekend. Um, They look like they're turning the corner into being a legit team a lot faster than I thought they would. Um, energy looked a little bit shaky FlyQuest and FlyQuest might be kind of calcifying themselves as one of the good teams like we thought they'd be we just it's happening a little faster than we thought so that's kind of interesting I just wanted to mention another thing here is like over you have to remember like the, the LCS you have to treat almost like the NFL without play by play data meaning like you're looking at you have a you have a sing, single game sample sizes and you have a whole week to digest 3 games these teams and players play i mean between scrims and solo queue and stuff they play hundreds and hundreds of games a week and we get to see 3 of them like you're you're just not going to get a good read on what's what from that no matter how you slice it and you know we're it could be very well that a team wins like 60% of their games comes on stage loses 3 of them in a week like Claude and I could have won every single scrim this week and came out and just lost three games. And we could just be seeing like a weird outlier. And, you know, it could be the opposite too. Maybe FlyQuest was kind of 50 50 this week and they rolled head, They flipped heads three times. I don't know. But you have to just keep that in mind and not jump to too many wild conclusions about seven LCS games. So, yeah, seven LCS games in January and early February. Don't go too crazy yet. All right um moving on to the lec obviously i mentioned the snafu that happened earlier with the lec games today but i can touch on um, what i reviewed in the saturday and sunday games i got absolutely smoked in the lec this weekend i only got one thing right which was g2 over giant x um i'll touch on that first i guess uh first game in this match was actually pretty even through 20 but caps on the way was just way way too overwhelming with the crazy dive setup G2 had in this game. And then the second game was a complete stomp. So so that one I got right. Uh, I didn't have a whole lot else right this weekend, as I mentioned yesterday. It was my worst betting weekend in like almost three years. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> um, BDS 2-0 over Heretics. Uh, clean winning game one for BDS. Heretics had a small lead, but their comp was kind of going to struggle no matter what happened, as long as BDS were able to keep it close. Kept it close, and that was the end of it. Um, Yeah, and then that was the second game. I'm sorry. But, yeah, BDS clean winning game one. And it was a close-looking game in game two, but the comp advantage, BDS just had to keep it close, and they got there. Um, BDS looked good. Uh, We're going to touch more on that in a second. The other game, uh, what did we have on Saturday? We had uh, Vitality 2-0 over SK Gaming. Uh, This was a big loss for me. I had a double stake on SK Gaming money line. Still, would have I would do that again in a heartbeat, no question. Um, This was a pretty sound beating from Vitality, though. I'll admit, Uh, the first game was a pretty clean win. Second was back and forth through twenty, but (laughs) I think more so than the actual game state itself, we had a lease in resolution mid mid lane in this in this series in this game too. Like I, I don't remember the last time I've seen a solo lane Lee Sin besides when like Gorge Rinker got released and it was broken, he could just like sustain himself up over and over and over again. Um, this was, <laughs> and then solo lane Lucian, same thing. I what's this like twenty 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 one? Like we haven't seen that in a hot minute either. Um, this was a really really weird game. It was back and forth. Um, I, I have no idea why we're seeing solo lane Lee Sin or if this was just a a weird pick from VTO. It's probably I like I'll admit I haven't I haven't gotten to cover too much of 14.2 yet, the the new patch. Um it's probably some sort of weird uh it's probably some sort of item change or buff that I I just completely missed on and uh that's why we saw it. But anyway, I I didn't the broadcast probably explained some of this. I didn't I didn't listen to the broadcast. I was just reviewing the vod. This was a really really weird game though. Um <laughs> as you'd expect with that that kind of setup. Another really, really weird series. We had Fnatic two zero over Mad Lions Koi. Um, you know, I, I figured the experience would kick in and be an advantage for Fnatic, which ended up mattering. But, man, we saw some Michelin star cooking from Irwin and the boys with Zach Top plus the Belveth, Akali, Blitz, Kalista. Man, you you want to talk about introducing some variance to a game and knowing where you're at as a team, as an underdog? I fucking love this. Um <laughs> This they're so confident in all their spicy tech. It's it's just fun to see. Like sometimes this kind of stuff just backfires and you look like a moron. In this in this case, it did. Um <laughs> Oscar had a had a great, great Darius pick in this spot. Darius just kind of stomps on tanks. Zach's kind of a, a magic damage based tank. He can grab him out of the air. And they had the Tristana ults to to back him off and the Tristana W to get him out. Um, yeah, the the Zack was going to have a hard time, but the concept of an engager with the Belveth and all the divey stuff, I I liked quite a bit. Like, Zack with that dive setup, very, very cool, as long as Poppy and Darius were taken off the table. Would have been interesting to see if, like, Fnatic had, like, a Janna up their sleeve or something wild like that, but, yeah, this is, so it was a really, really goofy game one. Game two, absolutely insane, went almost 50 minutes, um... Fnatic looked like they had blown the game completely open, in, like heading into the first Baron. Punted that fight, lost the Baron. Mad recovered almost the entirety of the 5k gold lead they built up through the first 25 minutes. Then they threw it back on the second Baron. Then they recovered the gold again. And then it came down to a third Baron. This game got to three Elder Dragons. Like I, I don't remember when the last time we got three Elder Drakes in a game was. We got it was eight total dragons, three elders, three barons. This was like a true marathoner, would have blew up all the world's game total under props that everybody plays. We had Ezreal mid. Like midlines were playing a zero tank composition and got a game to fifty minutes. I can't express to you how insanely difficult that is. I'll admit part of this was like mid or Fnatic kinda just like fucked this game up and through on a couple different like Fnatic realistically should have won this game on that first baron. This game probably would have been over like 31 minutes but med I, this team is this team is weird man like i'm impressed with them this was really impressive showing despite the 2-0 loss they're proving that they can sometimes perform on these really really difficult to execute compositions yeah Fnatic threw a little bit but you know with a zero tank comp 5 dps they actually meant like i'm am t- talking zero tank like they didn't have a bruiser like the tankiest member of their team was probably Rakan so I'm talking like literal no tanks, and man, we're able to get a game to almost 50 minutes. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. I'm really optimistic about Mad Lions moving forward. I think they're going to be a good team. they the, I think they're they're like a weird version of BDS where they don't rely purely on weird top lane picks, but they have those at their disposal, and they've got some other spice involved as well. They're they're a fun team to watch, and I think they're eventually going to be good once they get some more experience. Uh, LPL on Friday. We had uh, Ninjas in Pajamas winning 2-1 over WE. Uh, Ninjas trailed pretty big in the first game, brought it back, but they couldn't really hang on. Second game was a decisive win. Third game was a little bit shaky, not quite as bad as the first one. Um, Got the dub anyway. You know, I'm starting to have some second thoughts on how good Ninjas are. You know, I said last week that I think they're almost definitely like a top six team, maybe top five team, maybe a title contender if they roll high. But like, WE looked pretty bad this morning against another bad team. So I'm not entirely sure what we're looking at here or if this is just weird, you know, pre Chinese New Year fuckery, rust. It's January, early February. Like, we don't really know yet. The pre Chinese New Year tends to be kind of like you don't throw it out, but it tends to be a little bit odd. Uh, the other, uh, we had two other ones on Friday. We had Ultra Prime two one over Plus. First two games were pretty lopsided from the start, uh, one one to each uh, team. Game three was kind of a wild equity swing in the early mid game. Fpx jumped out to a big lead in the opening sequence, just punted it on some weird skirmish, and then UP like took the lead and eventually the game and closed it in twenty at twenty six minutes. I think it was yeah twenty six minutes. They were up at fifteen. Not huge, but they were up moderately at 15 and ended up losing a game in 26 minutes. I'm going to talk about this with today's matches, but FPX are super, super high variance. And I think they've got a lot, like, their games are always short. They just always full send it. That's kind of a carryover from last year. And they do have some carryover from last year. So I think we might be looking at something we could take advantage of betting wise but I'll touch more on that later on. Uh, we had anyone's legend winning 2 to 1 against LGD Gaming. Saw LGD again today, they are just so inconsistent. I, this game on Friday, this match on Friday, I, I don't think anybody really won. It was one of those kind of matches like there was three really close contested games early. The first two stalled out to make longer games and just uh, you know whoever won a flip on something won. It was a split 1-1. Um the third one was pretty close early as well. AL turned the corner pretty cleanly and won this in under 25 minutes. So, you know, I don't really know what to make of the bottom of the table in the LPL, other than that these teams should not be massive favorites against one another. Like, this was priced minus 310 for anyone's legend. I That was my reason for betting LGD in this one. Yeah, I think um, that's just how you have to play the bottom of the table. If the prices get too big, then just back the dog and hold your nose on Friday, we had Genji 2 2-0 over Kwang Dong. The first game of this match was extremely competitive. Quangdong Dong actually held some small leads for portions of it, but eventually Keen took over the game with Kasante. I think he was like 8-0-4 or something wild in this one. Just went completely bananas, took over the game. Second game was a complete Genji stomp. Just a really happy to see Keen on probably the best roster he's ever had. Uh, he's, he was on that he's had a couple good teams, um, but he spent like people got to remember he spent like probably 80% of his career on just pure dog shit teams. And he was clearly the best player and everybody knew he was good. And a lot of people were calling him the best top laner in the league. I think he's one of the best top laners of all time, but he's just spent a huge chunk of his career on mediocre teams. So it's good to see him in the twilight of his career, um, on some good teams. And I think he's going to have a chance to do some cool things this year. Hanwha 2-0 over D plus. This one hurt my soul. Um, so, I had some strong opinions. I also had a strong stake on the kill total overs in this one. We got one of them home, but we completely whiffed on the series side. D plus got completely stomped in game one, in large part due to a few early errors by Lucid. In uh, these, it wasn't just Lucid, but they were centered around him. And I think a lot of there was just like looked like there was some miscommunication, or they just got outplayed on some two v twos and three v threes. Second game, D plus, I would think probably should have won. They had amassed a pretty st- – it was a statistically significant gold lead. Um, and they were against a Calista comp, but they simply couldn't close the door. They lost a big team fight at a relatively late first Baron. I think it was like 28-minute Baron. Um, Hamwa basically ended the game on that Baron. D-plus are struggling right now. I think that's obvious. In the last two weeks have been kind of a nightmare for them. But my thesis remains intact about Hamwa. Like both these wins were still unforced opponent error. They still are not creating on their own. Like, it's still the same thing. They're literally just the team that waits around for you to screw up. They are a pure counterpuncher team. And I think that can work against, they're just never going to get better. That's the problem. It's like they could be the best counterpunching team of all time. Who, to me, the best counterpunching team of all time was probably that Griffin lineup, that first year Griffin lineup under uh, CVMAX. And they were the best, like, you know, anaconda boa constrictor choke out counterpunch kind of team. And this team plays a lot like that. I think they have better players overall. Maybe not. That Griffin team was so stacked. But, like, the problem that Griffin team had is that they, I mean, ultimately that team ended up going top eight at Worlds and all that. But the the problem that they ultimately had was against the elite teams. They just couldn't create on their own. So if the other team just played a clean match, they'd win. And that was the end of it. Hamar are just still benefiting from that. They're not creating their own things most of the time. And, you know, against the bad teams, they sometimes do. They'll get a little more aggressive. But, yeah, thesis there remains intact. That said, D-plus have some figuring out to do. The last two weeks have been terrible. I still think they're going to be fine, but this is definitely a rough patch they're going through right now. And um, it's reasonable to be a little concerned at this point. Just quickly going over Saturday LPL, we had um, – a swift two zero top esports of a rare atom as predicted invictus tt was a 2-1 win for invictus kind of just another one of those like I-, I don't know what to think of either of these two teams every i was tt had a really really strong opening you know to the season had a, had two really close games against weibo and then just have looked like pure dog shit since they lost 2-0 to omg um they lost 2-1 to invictus gaming here uh yeah i don't know i think I'm trying to remember. I'm actually just going to bring it up right now cuz if if I remember correctly one of these games they probably should have won. I didn't actually write my notes down for this match, but yeah. Um I don't think so. I think uh they had a good opening in game 1 against the against Invictus that they probably could have won, but they didn't ultimately. Um next up we had Billy Billy 2 over EDG. Everyone saw that coming. Billy Billy were massive favorites in that one. Uh Sunday we had OMG against NIP, NIP 1-2-0. The first game of this was kind of back and forth. Uh, not too many thoughts on this one. Um, I'm still – Ninjas there, – there's something missing to me that make – You know, I was pretty confident that they'd be elite, but they, they're they a little bit sloppy. But that just might be how they are. Maybe they're just a good team that's a little sloppy at times. They remind me a little bit of Weibo from last year. Um. JDG LNG two to one for JDG LNG got the first game of this series looked like it was going to go pretty good for uh, us as LNG backers, um, and then they got stomped in game two. Game three was pretty close, but JDG had a pretty good comp advantage, so it was going to be tough to to overwhelm. Um, absolutely, th- that was that was probably the best play of the whole weekend. Was LNG like that price was just way way out of line? They could have won this series straight up. Um, Weibo two owed RNG. I was leaning RNG in this one, but didn't end up playing it um not particularly this game this series had like a super super long uh i'm gonna pull it up right now one second had a 53 minute game with 20 kills in it which is kind of characteristic of the lpl this season um the second game was like a complete stomp by weibo though and i don't know it's this this was weird the lpls had so many just downright bizarre games this season Uh, Moving into this morning, we had WE LGD. WE LGD was like, you know, I know I'm jumping all over the place. I'm doing this a little bit out of order. There's no rhyme or reason to it, but I'm just kind of going through as I see it. Uh, We had WE LGD. WE kind of decisively won game one of this. Super bloody. I don't know. I want to say decisively. It was like basically even through 20 minutes. They just turned the corner and they had a super good, they had really good scaling. The same kind of thing happened in the like in reverse in the second game. LGD kind of had a better setup and just had to wait it out and did. Um, I will say LGD in the second game um, kind of jumped out early and sort of threw a lot of their goal. They had like a they had a huge lead at ten minutes and just kind of bungled it. But they did eventually turn the corner and win. And then WE, it was kind of another thing. It was the same kind of thing even through twenty and then they eventually won the game in game three um turn the corner very quickly in that one and just won it decisively under 25 uh we had ultra prime versus anyone's legend i'm just gonna keep saying when you get these two bad teams against each other and it's a you know none of these teams are that much better than one another just take the dog that was the case here ultra prime were able to get a game for us in the first game pretty cleanly second game was not clean in either direction um 40, I think it was a 47 minute game, was basically even. Both teams were kind of just staring at each other for a while, and then out of nowhere, you know, mistakes happen because these teams are bad, and that was the end of it. And then, uh, game three was a relatively one sided win for anyone's legend after they turned the corner. That it's really weird. I'm something I'm noticing so far this season with this current meta is that I'm gonna to have to sort of adjust models like I'm gonna to have to make some qualitative adjustments here because right now especially particularly in the LPL the other regions I think it's it's going pretty well but particularly in the LPL if the games are just gonna be 50 50 burgers through the first 20 minutes pretty like most of my back testing over the years has shown that like teams that get leads and keep leads that, like, that's the most predictive thing. Teams that consistently generate early advantages organically on their own and not through opponent unforced error are the ones that are the win... Like, that's, the, that's, how, that's mostly how I've designed my models to work, and that's what's worked, and that's back-tested well and everything. But right now in the LPL, it's not really working that way because the games are basically just like... The, you know, in most of the games, it's just two teams staring at each other and scaling, and then one team fucks up a fight late, and that's the game. So that's not really going to be all that predictive. The only thing it's going to be predictive of is that, you know, if we see teams that are consistently getting ahead early, they're just going to be way better than everybody else probably right now, especially if fewer teams are doing that in general. And there are teams that are able to do that, they're probably just a complete tier above everybody else. So I have to keep that in mind moving forward. Um maybe that'll change after the Chinese New Year. We saw this was the first two days on patch uh 14.2 for the LPL and the meta has changed up a little bit but we'll have to see how it goes backtracking a little bit i'm doing this live i'm not cleanly (laughs) i know i normally like pretty cleanly edit this for you guys but um i (laughs) i actually my power i had like a brownout like half an hour ago so i lost some of the notes i had because i didn't have it on a saved document so just bear with me here for a second um the what do we have Saturday LCK KT and DRX KT actually lost a game to DRX I was actually listening to this while driving um in the morning uh, I wasn't watching it but it was one of the few games I was actually able to catch live um just infuriating infuriating I didn't have a position on this but like I'm glad I stayed away from this one We got a really really good game from Sponge um I thought I thought DRX's comp was bananas in this one and they kind of it was weird. They actually beat a Draven that got his early kills too, but uh, KT kind of won the next two pretty cleanly. It wasn't um, wasn't really anything. I know the third game went a long time, and the DRX had some leads at certain points in this, but like they were going to lose this game the longer it went, so not really under threat of losing. Uh, the other Saturday match was just T1 versus OK Bro. Everybody That went exactly how everyone thinks. Didn't have to mention anything on that. Sunday... Another one I was listening to when I was driving home. Um, Nongshim, Hamwa Life. Nongshim jumped out to... You know, I had a double stake through um, playing the playing the minus 1.5 map straight up and with a parlay with Genji on Sunday um, for Hamwa Life here. I've never been happier to lose a double stake position in my life. Hamwa just straight up getting... Th- this, this game against Nongshim, one, it was just a great game from Sylvie. The poppy pick was great. He took advantage of it. Um, I'm talking about game two. Great, great situation, great setup, really easy to execute composition, and they capitalized. And Sylvie just completely denied any and all engage attempts from Pe- uh, from uh, Peanut in this game, and that was the end of it. Now Longshim just got completely routed in game three. Uh, wasn't particularly close. Game one wasn't really particularly close either, but. This is the kind of thing I'm talking about with Hamwa life, right? This game two loss, and I know I'm probably just being like, "Oh, you're being super selective with your sample, gelati Yeah, I am, but like, it's just a good example of what I was trying. What I it's a good illustration of what I've been trying to say about Hamwa, is that if the other team just plays a clean game, they look like shit. Like they don't they don't do anything. They just roll over and die, and. Obviously, when you have a poppy that's doing everything right in that game and you have one engage tool and that engage tool is not working because the poppy's denying it, it's going to look good and it's going to look like you're doing nothing, right? I'm telling you, like, Hama Life, they draft this way, they draft and they play in a way where it's like, okay, we're just going to wait for our opponent to screw up and if they don't, they're going to lose games. And this was really, I think, only like the third or fourth game loss against a bottom half team that this team's had in more than a calendar year. So, you know, obviously... Take that with a grain of salt, but it was just a really, really good illustration of the kind of things I've been talking about. I'm not going to say it changes my thoughts on Hamon any major way, but yeah, it's it was a really, really good game from Nongshim too. I want to give them credit. It, honestly, this it was more. I want to make a point that it was more a great individual game from Nongshim than it was necessarily a complete fiesta from hanwha I just, I just thought it was a really good illustration of what i don't like about this team and the other lck game on sunday was uh genji versus fear the first game of this series was kind of back and forth i think fear had a chance to win it uh i liked the silas thought but ultimately like chovi on corky is just too overwhelming and pays had a really really good um good callista game in this one as well uh, again, Keen just did so much goddamn damage in this game, like not not nearly as much as Chovy. I think Chovy had like literally fifty percent of the damage in this game, if I remember right. Corky's real busted, it turns out. So yeah, <laughs> whenever whenever you're able to build Void Staff and Eclipse, it's probably it's probably GG. <laughs> but and the se- the second game was the second game was over in like twenty three minutes or something. It was just a complete shit stomp. Anyway, that was a recap. Betting-wise, I missed on basically everything. It was like the worst weekend I've had in three years or second worst. It might be the second worst weekend. I, I didn't actually go back and check. I just tend to remember these things. On the plus side, we're still up for the year, and you know it's a marathon, not a sprint. So, um, yeah, long weekend. I'll have uh, more thoughts on the LEC from this morning and the LPL from – I actually already discussed the LPL from this morning. I'll have more thoughts on the LEC from this morning on tomorrow's show because I didn't get a chance to watch it live. So, yeah, I will talk about that then. All right, moving on to the LPL for Tuesday. We have week three, day two. First match is E. Edward Gaming. Minus 142 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at plus 148, plus 1.5 at minus 431 against FunPlus Phoenix. Plus 117 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 248, minus 1.5 at plus 323. Uh, EDG are swapping back, making a couple changes here. So we saw the snake, uh, so. I'll, I'll just read it. So, is back in at top lane. JJ, Fisher, The Snake, and Vampire. We saw The Snake earlier this weekend. Um, FunPlus are running the same match. or They're running the Milky Way version of the lineup. So, Jalahu, Milky Way, Care, DuckDum, and Life. Um, So, obviously, the models are going to favor FPX here. EDG here are literally 1-8. They've lost eight games in a row. EDG have also played against all top-half teams, to me. Like, just looking at their schedule, they faced all good teams or – you know, maybe a couple of them are going to be in the middle of the table, whatever. Um, obviously, the model is going to favor FPX, but I want to point out that you know FPX actually have a pretty strong economy. Like their under the hood metrics are a little, little wonky in spots, but one of the things that's the most telling to me, uh, longer term and the most predictive longer term, is agnostic economy, and FPX actually have the fifth graded raw agnostic economy in the LPL. Uh, they don't have, their 11th in differential, 5th in raw agnostic uh, gold per minute. Meaning that they're generating a lot of money off of, like organically off of the map without having to land kills on things. Uh, usually means taking a lot of plays, taking a lot of neutrals, junglers out farming, players out farming with more CS in lane, um, etc. Said they are a really volatile team. They've been, they're a team that all of their games have been short. They've only played 2 games over 32 and a half minutes this season. This uh, season you could also maybe look at potential time total bets on them under would have been good so far but right now uh there's those numbers are starting to come down i think the markets realize this what's weird about this team though is that they they either stop or get stomped and then there's games where they have leads and they throw the lead and lose them like the one i mentioned earlier in like no time like there, there's no stemming the bleeding with this team they you know once something happens and a punt happens they usually just like completely it just completely gets blown out and they lose um it's in general it's just a very binary team they're very feast or famine and that's what you need to know so just understand when you're getting involved with fun plus that they're gonna be a little infuriating sometimes because they're gonna have a lead and then just punt it and lose in the next five minutes you're gonna be like what happened uh, they've done that a couple times this this, series, or, uh, this season already. I played fun plus on the money line here, plus 117. Like, look, I, I know EDG, there's going to be a buy low on EDG. I, I don't think this team is going to remain this bad. But until the bot lane shows you something, until this team shows you that they have a pulse, I think you just have to fade them. Like, there there will be a time to buy them. The price will eventually be right. I just don't think it's now. And FunPlus, I think, have shown enough that they should be favored in this contest, like small favors probably. As funky and weird as that looks, I think that's what it should be. So I played FunPlus plus one plus one uh, seventeen on the money line for one unit, fun plus minus one point five maps at plus three twenty-three for 0.1 units. I normally play these kind of things like a quarter unit on the sweep, but the way fun plus play, I could see them, you know, bungling a game here. So I'm only playing the fun plus sweep for 0.1 units. I also played map one only. Under 4.5 dragons at minus 109 for one unit. Basic idea here is that the edge wasn't big enough quite to play on both maps at mi- at minus money. So if it splits, you would end up losing the vig. Uh, a lot of times, if, if it's a big enough edge, I will play both maps at minus money. It doesn't matter, but in this case, it's not. So I'm just playing it on the first map. Map unders actually tend to get there a lot more frequently than second maps do anyway, so I prefer to play the map one in this case. Second match is LNG Esports, plus 313 on the money line, plus 1.5 maps at minus 110, minus 1.5 at plus 748, versus Billy Billy Gaming, minus uh, 415 on the money line, minus 1.5 maps at minus 110, plus 1.5 at minus 1216. Uh, same lineups for both these teams Zika, Weiwei, Scout, Gala, and Mark for LNG, Bin Soon, Knights elk and on for blg this to me is basically the same handicap as lng jdg from this weekend that i think eventually these are going to be the three top teams like it's going to take a while to find that out i already think that's the case here uh the other one in contention for that would be top esports but i already think these are two of the three top teams maybe the top two teams depending on how you feel about jdg um and the basic idea is like none of. i don't think any of them are that much better than each other And this is a massive, massive price. Like, this is the implied price on this match is saying that Billy Billy are 80% to win this series. And I just, I think that can't possibly be right this early on. I know Billy Billy have looked like the best team. I think Billy Billy are the best team currently right now. But LNG have shown you enough of a pulse that, you know, not even just a pulse. Like, this is a good team. You know, stylistically, this is a tough matchup because BLG have been playing really fast and LNG prefer to play a little slow, but they're not super one-dimensional in that way either. Basically, this is just too big a price. That's what this boils down to. Um, so there was a little bit of price difference in between the books here. I played LNG plus 1.5 maps at plus 114 over at Nitrogen uh, and Sport. I gotta actually change my Patreon article because I realized I miswrote this. <laughs> um so I played this at um, plus 1.5 mass at plus 114 for one unit. Uh, LNG on the money line, plus 313 for a half unit. And LNG to sweep, minus 1.5 mass at plus 748 for 0.1 units. This is just too big a number. Uh, I didn't play any other props or derivatives in this one, I think, just the binary nature of this, like BLG are either going to steamroll these games and go underneath, or they're going to be, you know, even 50-50 games and go over. And I think it's reasonable that we get like one or two of each, and I'm not going to mess with the props on this one and just play the side. That's going to be it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Again, I'll recap the LEC and the LPL, or the LEC from this afternoon, Monday afternoon, and LPL from Tuesday morning on Tuesday afternoon, and we'll look into the Wednesday sleep. Uh, which will be actually the last LPL slate for a couple weeks because they're going on break for the Chinese New Year. I will see you all tomorrow. Hope everyone has a good one.